0: My privilege to be with you this morning, to be with you this morning and open God's word. Pastor Rick uh, has been with you in the book of Romans in the New Testament and other pastors have been with you in the New Testament before Pastor Rick joined you in 2018. So last week I told you I wanted to go to the Old Testament with you and we uh, looked at Psalm 10 a psalm that uh, King David uh, was talking to the Lord about it fits so perfect with the shootings in El Paso and Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and uh, up northern California and Dayton Ohio I thought so that's where we went last week today I wanted to visit with you uh, another passage of scripture and from the book of Proverbs today chapter 30 the book of Proverbs today chapter 30 A few years ago, uh, uh, an art historian uh, who's written uh, books on some of the great um, wonders of the world, wonders of the world, uh, uh, y- Yosemite, the wonders of the world, Yellowstone and Old Faithful, wonders of the world, uh, the Grand Canyon. By the way, how many have ever been to the Grand Canyon here? Oh, almost half a or more. Uh, there's a historian by the name of Julian Spalding, and uh, he had been uh, taking pictures and writing stories about the pyramids in Egypt for many years. And uh, he went one day to Egypt and he got a chair and he sat down and looked at the pyramid for a whole day and didn't write anything down. He didn't turn on any video cameras. And it's sort of strange, but um, he felt he had uh, been studying these things and Uh, X-raying the pyramids, as you know, there's rooms in different places inside the pyramids that nobody's ever uncovered, and they can see them with X-rays and so on. Uh, But he was awed by it, like when you go to the Grand Canyon, or when you go to Yosemite, or when you go to Yellowstone, or some of these great places, or Niagara Falls. I remember as a high school senior, I went to work in New York, and one uh, they gave us a, a Saturday off, and so one Saturday we went to Niagara Falls. Absolutely, wow. Uh, Niagara Falls uh, kind of a thing. Uh, But Julian Spaulding, a historian, was so wowed by the pyramids, he wrote a book. In fact, he started going to different places in the world, uh, whether man-made or natural-made, and he ended up writing a book that's received many awards here in the last ten years. Uh, The name of the book was The Art of Wonder. Uh, Wondering, wow, how beautiful this is. Uh, Both natural-made and man-made, either way. But, wow. Um, I don't know if um, Julian Spalding, who's still alive, is is a Bible reader. But if he was a Bible reader, uh, this book he wrote, The Art of Wonder, he should have this passage from Proverbs chapter 30 in his book. It's worth reading. Uh, Why don't you read it with me here? Just follow along and... uh, Before we get too started, we uh, should hear his his words, the words of God. Proverbs chapter 30, just uh, several verses, beginning with verse 18. Three things are too wonderful for me, for I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a virgin. This is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. We'll pause there in our reading. Most of the sayings in the book of Proverbs in your Bible come from King Solomon. In fact, we often say uh, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. uh, But there's a few other wise people that uh, uh, have contributed to the book of Proverbs that God has put his stamp of approval on. Uh, inspired word of God. We don't know Ag, who Agar was. Was he a king of another country? Was he a tribal chief? Was he uh, a museum uh, uh, curator, as they call him? Um, but he get, gives us the idea. He wasn't a smart, he wasn't uh, well educated. He didn't have a PhD from Harvard or anything like that. Um, his simple observations about the world are a lot like Julian Spalding, uh, The Art of Wonder. Um, this is Agar. Uh, his uh, proverbs here in Proverbs 30, uh, they're not like uh, little sayings. Uh, the early bird gets the worm. That's a, that's a saying. Um, Agar's words here in Proverbs 30 are almost like riddles. They almost uh, make you think and you have to work them out and weave them out. Uh, he says, there's things that are too wonderful for me. Um, an eagle, a snake, a ship, a man. Uh, This kind of thing, three things and then four. Uh, This happens several times in your Old Testament, in your Bible. It isn't the only time, but it's a riddle. It's not a poem. It's a riddle. Three things, but really a fourth. And the the first one he says is the way of an eagle. There's something about an eagle. Uh, We've all stopped to watch eagles. Uh, When we've been in uh, some of the national parks, my wife and I, an eagle will fly. We say, stop, look at an eagle. In fact, my wife and I have been watching on um, Animal Planet on TV, uh, the TV show, The Last Alaskans. And this is that section of Alaska that's natural preserved. And there's only seven families that can live there. And when their children die, no one can live permanently in this area of Alaska ever again in history by United States congressional law. Unless they change law. But um, we were watching the TV show. And I remember one of the families, the husband's name is Haimo and his wife is Edna. And um, every once in a while, an eagle will fly like the eagle that's on the screen right now. An eagle will fly across and uh, they're doing the TV series. So they have video cameras there and uh, with the people visiting but not living there. And uh, he and and Haimo, who uh, is the resident there, uh, he will say, wow, look at that eagle. And if I wasn't here. No one would have ever seen it. And he said, you know, some people, uh, he said, I could go all my life and uh, I could have missed this if I hadn't slowed down to look at the beauty of this eagle flying through the sky of Alaska. And he said, there'll be a day that the eagle will still be here and I or my children won't, uh, will be deceased. And uh, 500 years from now, uh, these eagles will still be flying, still beautiful, but no one here to capture or remember or take notice. Uh, he's got a point. Uh, the eagle seems like it floats, doesn't it? It is uh, like it isn't working hard. Uh, when I see the guys from Harvard or Yale and the rowing club early in the morning, these guys get out. What? Eight, ten guys. <laughs> and they're rowing hard. I mean, the eagle, though, just flat, doesn't even flap its wings, just sort of just moves them a little bit. And it floats. The eagle goes higher and higher, further and further, faster and faster. And it doesn't look like it's working at all. How does the eagle do that? That's what Auger was saying. It's a wonder. Just like Julian Spalding was looking at the pyramid. It's a wonder. How'd they build these pyramids? I've been in Egypt. I've looked at those. I had lunch with an Egyptian pastor this week. Uh, I've wondered how they did those pyramids. How'd they do them three, four, five thousand years ago? Not three hundred, not thirty years ago, not three years ago. We'd have a hard time making those in pyramids today with cranes and so on. But Agar saying, in you know, inspired scripture, there is something amazing about the eagle, how it just efforts, just without any effort, floats and flies through the sky. And that's amazing. That's right. That's right. So I put one of my highly paid research assistants to work on this. Uh, I said, tell me about the eagle. I'm just joking. I don't have any highly paid. <laughs> my wife, you yeah, know, uh, the eagle's wings, though, are like an airfoil. Um, the air rushes over the wing and they don't even have to flap up and down hard. Um, the more, you know, though, it's still amazing. It's still a wonder. Um, and when Claudia and I have seen these eagles on uh, TV or firsthand in our life, yeah, I don't care how much about aerodynamics. Some of you may know you may work at for an aerodynamics company. You may be an airline pilot. That's right. Um, But Agur doesn't want us to lose. The wow, look at the eagle. It's a wonder. Agur also says, besides the eagle, there's another animal that is wow, that makes us think. He says, three things too wonderful for me, four I don't understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock. Um, With the eagle, you go ooh and ah. But with the snake, you go, ooh, I saw your face. Yeah. Ooh, and yuck. Um, we have some friends in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Chris and Michelle, his wife. Chris when opened his front door to go to work two weeks ago. And guess what was it? at his front door, slithering around on his front porch? A snake. A rattler it was, wasn't it, Claudia? Yeah, it wasn't a gopher snake. It was a rattler. His front door, not his front yard, not in the street, waiting for him to come out the door. If you want to see it, it's on um, my wife's, uh, I, I think it's on her Facebook page, but she has it. If you'd like to see the snake, I don't want to see any more. Uh, I have a son who's in law enforcement and uh, he stay- hates, he inherited from me certain things. And one of those is, I don't like snakes and he doesn't either. So they were in pursuit of a bad guy here a while back. And they were jumping through yards. You know, sometimes you got to do that. It was faster to jump over the fence than to go around and knock and get permission and have them sign a release. Yes, the police. While the bad guy is two miles down the street by then. So my son uh, uh, jumps over a fence and then goes into the driveway of the next house. And one of the officers says, there's a snake in that yard. <laughs> and my son says, Oop, we're going to go down the street and catch the bad guy there. <laughs> they didn't go after him in the yard. Uh, Yep. But there's something amazing about a snake on a rock is what Agar is telling us. Not ooh and ah, but ooh and yuck. A way of an eagle? Yes. The way of a snake. It is amazing. I saw the picture, and my wife will show you, if you want to see it, of the snake at our friend's house, Chris and Michelle. Um, At their front door, the snake was just doing this. You know, you want to get your little pipe. A da, 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 da. I mean, the snake was just going around like it was waiting for something. I don't know what. Uh, but how do snakes do that? They don't have any legs. They don't have any claws. Uh, so I put my research assistant, highly paid research assistant, to work again. And um, the snake moves. I didn't know this. Uh, the snake moves by moving its scales. Some of its scales go one way and then the scales on its tail uh, go the other. I forget the tails push or pull and then the st- uh, scales on the body do the other. But anyway, that's how the snake moves on a rock with the scales of its body back and forth, back and forth. I know it's creepy, but it's amazing in a way when you look at it. Um, Agur wants us to learn something. Remember, three things in the the Bible, in Hebrew poetry. Three and then four. The three lead up to the fourth thing. So is the eagle the most important thing? No. Is the snake the most important? No. But is the eagle a wonder? Yes. Is the snake a wonder? Yes. But then he says, three then four. So first the eagle, then the snake. We'll get that picture off the monitor for you. Then the ship. A ship. The way of a ship as it goes through the sea. Uh, Augur surprises us. I mean, uh, he he surprises us here a little bit in in, uh, Proverbs 30. What's the surprise? He doesn't talk about a fish. You would think the way of an eagle, the way of a snake, and the way of a fish. But he doesn't choose a fish. He's been talking about living things. An eagle is living. A snake is living. A ship? Ships don't live. Um, he's talking about a boat made out of wood. Um, nature, God made the first two, and now all of a sudden a ship. He's calling our attention to something. That's the idea. Uh, the ship moves across the high seas. Auger's um, not talking about uh, canoes or paddle boards or kayaks. That's my that's my experience with ships. Um, he's thinking about the open ocean. Now, if you know the nation Israel, it's along the eastern end of the Mediterranean, but um, the people of Israel didn't spend time in the Mediterranean. They didn't go there uh, for luxury and relaxation. Fresh water was what they were always looking for, to drink or to water their uh, irrigate their crops with. Uh, Israel was landlocked on three of the four sides. It was a wonder for a ship to go through the ocean. So one more time, I called on my highly paid research assistant and said, what can we learn about the wonder of a ship? Um, What I learned is that a ship has to displace an amount of water equal to the weight of the vessel in order to float. Maybe you've read about the country of Iran here in recent weeks. Um, Hijacking or uh, capturing or whatever military word you want to use. Several ships, some from the United, from Britain, uh, some from Panama, uh, because they have various claims of uh, misuse of oil or whatever, uh, different issues going on. Um, but the ships, they were going through the Strait of Hormuz, if you know your world geography, over there in the Middle East. And uh, to watch a tanker come in uh, to the dock, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing that it floats. My wife and I a uh, uh, while back. We're on the largest uh, ship for people in the world, not oil tanker. I said ship for people, uh, a cruise and uh, largest in the world, though, Uh, none bigger. It's amazing that it didn't sink, especially after some of the meals we ate. And uh, but it was amazing. Such a big ship could float. You would think they would sink. A city floating on the water. That's almost uh, my way of describing it. It's amazing. Um, Okay, we have three things now, right? I said three, then four. Uh, Three, the eagle, the snake, the ship. These three, the eagle, the snake, and the ship, set up the fourth one. And they're going to teach us something. Something beautiful to behold and mysterious to understand. Uh, Maybe you can explain them. But Augur has chosen them carefully. One from the sky. You remember the old old poem, uh, one if by land, two if by sea. Um, But he's chosen one from the sky, the eagle, one from the land, the snake, and one from the sea, the ship. And he wants us to understand the whole world's full of things like this from Proverbs 30. Living things like birds and snakes. Man-made things like ships. And like Julian Spaulding, the author of the book, the art historian, the historical guy. Uh, Stop, look, and listen. Stop and look at these wonders of the world. Don't miss them. So what does Augur want us to understand? What does God want us to understand putting these words in Holy Scripture? Let's go to the fourth thing. The fourth amazing thing he wants us to understand is the way of a man with a maiden. The way of a man with a maiden. Now we're back to living things. Uh, Augur's looking at a man and a woman falling in love. Maybe it was Augur's son. Or maybe it was his daughter. Or maybe it was his wedding. The meeting when they first notice each other. And something stirs within. You're looking at October 9th, 1982, right, honey? Yeah, <laughs> that's guys, sometimes, right? October 9th, 1982, my wedding day. Yep. But Auger doesn't want us necessarily to only notice the wedding day. Um, a day when people meet and something stirs. And the pursuit is he tries to win her affection. My wife was serving with an international mission organization called Campus Crusade for Christ, and they told her she needed to raise more support. Uh, any of you ever gone on short-term mission? I know this church has supported many people, and some of you have gone on short-term projects, trips, ministries. My wife was on a permanent one, and she needed support. She came to our church. So the elders were meeting, and we had an appointment to talk to Claudia, and, and uh, I, I, of all the elders, there were about 18 of us, I was the only one that wasn't married. So they said, our next person we're going to meet is Claudia Martinson. Uh, she's single. So let's have our only single elder go out and bring her in. That's exactly what they told me that day. And I went out, met her. I'd met her a couple years before in passing, and um, I hadn't impressed her well. That's what she'll tell you today if you ask her later. Don't ask her now. Uh, don't talk to her. No, <laughs> uh, no, I hadn't impressed her. She wasn't sure about me. Um, But that pursuit that goes on as infection is developed and the relationship when uh, uh, the couple says there's something here we want to pursue in our relationship with each other. Claudia and I were watching a movie last night and uh, about partway through, he says to the girl, he says, you know what? Can you admit there's something between us that we want to pursue this relationship and see where it takes us in our life? And it might be marriage, and um, she goes, "Yes, yeah." Now, Claudia and I made that discovery. That's what is saying. It's a wonder how it all works out. A man and a girl and a woman meet, and they say, and then along the way, uh, I think there's something here. Let's pursue it. And then the consummation when they come together as husband and wife, and the embrace, the embrace of sexual love, of love. It's all there. Augurs bringing it out three, and then four. The romance, you never tire of seeing it. We saw it last night with this guy and this girl he was dating, uh huh. And seeking it and experiencing it. Um, so this time I didn't use my highly paid research assistant, I did my own research. I just can't talk about it all. Uh, why is it that men and women are so hung up on each other? And why is it that we're attracted to one another? I mean, it's curious when you think about it all. Um, we see things differently sometimes, men and women, don't we? Yes, we communicate differently as men and women, don't we? Amen. Uh, we process information and emotions differently. Yes. And those differences can be beautiful and they can be exasperating. Like when you're a husband and wife in the car on a trip and you're lost. And there's only one map. (laughs) I won't say anymore. How do we explain this attraction of a particular man and a particular woman? How is it after one conversation with Claudia? I brought her in for that fundraising deal. It's 39 years later. We didn't get married the next day. So not 39 years of marriage, but it's been 39 years since I brought her into that meeting. I added it up. She's hanging in there with me, and I'm hanging in there with her. And you can talk all day till you're blue in the face about hormones and the mating instinct. We could have a therapist come. We could use eHarmony for the uh, profiles. And they would say, yep, you were right. You chose the right one. But in the end, you can't explain it all. It's romance. Uh, There's no book. We're just amazed by it, aren't we? Uh Uh-huh. Now we have four things. I said first, then three, then four. The way of an eagle, the way of the snake, the way of a ship, the way of a man with a woman. So what's augur trying to teach us? It's in the Bible. There's a message God has for us. They're not all living things, are they? No. The way of an eagle, the way of a snake, the way of a ship. Nope. Not all living. But each one is conceived and crafted by an intelligent, creative hand. Augur is uh, he's calling our attention to the world around us. The world's a wonderful place because God's a wonderful God. Now, there's an interesting verse, or an interesting phrase, not a verse, a phrase. The world's a wonderful place because God's a wonderful God. Uh, the Christian chorus, we've got a great big wonderful God, great big wonderful God, a God that is over us, always watching over us. Always victorious. Great, big, wonderful God. There it is. God gave the eagle what? Powerful wings. God gave the snake? (laughs) I know. Um, Really, the amazing thing about a snake is not its two fangs. Not its glands with all the poison. When the baby snake is born six inches, he has all the poison in him for his lifetime at that day. My research assistant found that out. But God gave the snake the muscular underbelly and the scales to move. God didn't make the boat, but he made the men who designed the boat, the engineers. It's amazing. I don't know how it all works. But God did establish the laws of buoyancy and gravity, where you had to have the ratio with the size of the boat and its weight. And God designed male and female. He designed them according to Genesis 2. That what? What? The man and woman would what? Compliment each other. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's beauty. It's beautiful. The world's a wonderful place because why? God's a wonderful God. That's it. It's not enough, though, to be amazed. Um, if, but if our wonder doesn't lead us to worship the Lord, then we haven't wondered enough. Uh, Julian uh, Spalding uh, wondered more, and he ended up writing this book that's received international acclaim in multiple languages, uh, we used to go camping when our boys were uh, uh, still in the home with us. Now they're all married. Uh, but each evening after dinner, uh, we would go for a walk around the meadow. We stayed up in this place and had this little mountain cabin we rented. And we would go for an evening walk and Claudia would go with us. and But we would just walk around and we were on the lookout for snakes even then. Um, but uh, we enjoyed the walk. And Claudia was just telling me some friends we had met there over the years are selling their place now all these years later. And, um, but we would wonder. We would hear noises and animals. Uh, we would hear nature. And yeah, uh-huh, it was a wonder. That kind of walk. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Christian hymn. This is my father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees and skies and seas. This is my father's world. There it is. I hope you're taking time in the month of August. The month of August where a lot of people in California take vacations. Um, The rest of the world, uh, Phoenix, Tucson, Las Vegas, Nevada, they take their vacations and they come to California. And some of you are involved in industries or jobs where you help people that come to spend their vacation money. Um, I hope you're reminding yourself in this period of your year. This is a wonderful place. This is a wonderful world. Why? Because God made it. It's amazing. Um, I went for a bike ride with uh, one of our missionaries yesterday, our brother Grace Brother and Caris Fellowship missionaries. Uh, we went down to Huntington Beach. It was amazing. We started at Angel Stadium. It was 80 degrees. We got down to Huntington Beach. It was 70 degrees. It was wonderful. We loved it. Wish we our house was on the beach there. And uh, but that isn't how it works. But God's a wonderful God and how he designed it all. But there's still something more going on here. I'm not ready to close in prayer. Uh, Something's happening. Hebrew poetry, not the preacher today. Hebrew poetry has layers and layers and layers. It does uh, three, then four, uh, four, then five, five, then six. Uh, God wants you to think about all these things. And that's why Hebrew poetry sometimes doesn't end. It keeps you thinking and processing these things. And there's more going on. OK, you're ready. Let's let me review them with you. Uh, the way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, the, may of, uh, the way of a man with a maiden or with his fiance or with his wife, however you want to work that through. He doesn't answer. all. He's just talking a man and a woman. Um, well, so what do they have in common? Uh, number one, first, they're all amazing. There's none of them that are average. It's amazing, even if you don't like snakes. Second, they're all created by God or man. They're created. I'll give you a third one, though. Third one, they all move, don't they? <laughs> the eagle moves, the snake moves, the ship moves, the man and woman move in harmony. The eagle flies, the snake crawls, the ship sails, the man pursues. Not accidental, not coincidental. That's right. And it repeats that word, the way, the way, the way of a man, the way of a snake, the way of a ship, the way of the eagle. Uh huh. It's doing exactly what it was designed to do. The eagle flies and it was designed to fly. The snake crawls, and it was designed to crawl. The ship sails, and it was designed to sail. Humans love, they were designed to love. And when they do what they were designed to do, it's beautiful. But if they don't do what they were designed to do, it's sad. And sometimes tragic. And sometimes ugly. I was looking up our backyard a while back. And, um, I saw a bird and went out and turned out it was a crow, but he was, um, coming up into the air about 10 feet and falling back to the ground, coming up and falling back, coming up and falling back. And the trouble is he was in my rose garden, the one on the side of our house that we had till we sold and have a house now where we only have a few roses, um, I felt sorry for the crow because when he came down, he came down and he was getting thorns. I didn't hear, ouch! I didn't hear any of that. But I knew he was hitting the roses. Snakes, they're made for the ground, not birds. Snakes made to crawl across the ground, to wiggle. And when they do what they were designed to do, it's amazing, isn't it? But have you ever seen a snake in the air? Well, the only time you might see a snake in the air is when the eagle has it in its claws or its talons, right? Uh-huh. You take a snake on, up on the high mountain, like uh, up in Yosemite Falls, and throw it out, it won't fly. Guarantee it. Uh, there's a movie, a cult movie uh, called Sharknado, where sharks get caught up in the tornadoes. You may have seen it. And they fall down on people in the strangest places. Like in their car, if they have a convertible car, or or at a McDonald's, or crazy kinds of places. Snakes were made to crawl, ships were made to float, a cabin cruiser boat in Newport Harbor. You ever driven down PCH and seen those multi-million-dollar boats? It's amazing. I worked with young people, and we found families that had boats of various sizes here in Los Angeles area. When I worked with young people, we started taking a trip to Catalina every year. How many miles? Oh, you've seen the commercial. 26 miles across the sea. Santa Catalina is the place to be. Yeah, okay. Uh, But anyway, uh, we would take boats every year. It's amazing. Those boats with one propeller, some two inboards, and, and go right across the water. It was the way they were made to work. It was wonderful. But when we depart from those things, the way the boats are to work, the way the snakes are to work, the way that the eagle is to work, and the way that man and woman are to work. When we depart from that, there's problems. See, it doesn't end. This doesn't end in verse 19. There's one more line in verse 20. Verse 20 says, this is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done no wrong. You see, in the way that Adder talks about three things, the eagle, the snake and the ship, and then the way of a man with a woman. That's four. Three, one, four wonderful things. He has one awful, awful thing he wants to talk about. What is that? A married woman giving herself. To a man who's not her husband. A married husband. In implication is a married husband giving himself to a woman who's not his wife. He compares her. Auger compares the woman. To a glutton who sits at a banquet. Shovels food into her mouth. And doesn't give any thought. To who prepared the food. Or how expensive it is. Or not even tasting it. Boy this is good. Nope. And when she's done, she does what? Wipes her face. Not a pretty sight. Downright awful. A man and a woman enjoying themselves in ways that God never intended. I hope you hear me. A man and a woman enjoying themselves in ways that God never intended. That's what Auger's talking about. That's awful. Sexual intimacy outside of marriage. Spouses being unfaithful to each other. When they fail each other in their intimacy and their love and their mutual commitment to satisfy each other. One is beautiful to behold. The other makes us want to look the other way. That's this poem. We are enjoying But it's taken a rather unpleasant turn. But it's an important turn. It's the turn that Agur wanted us to have. To enjoy the wonder of the four, but to see the possibility of the awful. When we live the way we're supposed to live, it's wonderful. When we live some other way, that's quite another matter. When we ignore our Creator... Make our way through the world on our own? Doesn't that a setup right there? When we ignore our Creator and wander through this world on our own, it's terrible. It's awful. It's as pathetic as an eagle in a swamp. Or short-lived as a snake in the air. Or as useless as a boat in the middle of the street on Studebaker and Foster. It's crude, it's careless, a sex without commitment. There it is. So now we begin to understand a little more about this poem. This poem is just not about nature. It's not just about God. This poem is about life and how we choose to live life. You got it? This poem is about life and how we choose to live it. I don't mean to say God's not a wonderful God, but his ways are wonderful ways as well. And when we live within the boundaries he set for us and enjoy the gifts he's given us it's a wonderful thing. It's wonderful to behold and wonderful to experience. What is it? Wonderful to behold, wonderful to experience. And when we treat people with kindness around us and respect them, it's wonderful. And when we do our work with excellence and integrity, it is wonderful. And when we cross cultural boundaries to form friendships with people who are different from us, it is wonderful. Thank you. And when parents and grandparents raise children in the care and counsel of the Lord, it is wonderful. And when husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church, it is wonderful. And when we endure hardship and determination and faith, it is. And when we suffer pain and loss with courage and honesty, it is. And when we face our failures with humility and repentance, it is. Okay, no wait. The amazing thing with this three and then four idea, it doesn't end with the fourth thing. I said three and then four, and that's beautiful. Yeah. But the very structure in Hebrew poetry is three, then four, and maybe there's five or more. I think Augur would be pleased if we added one more to his poem. Not to Holy Scripture, but to his poem. And for how to live your life today and how I live my life today. So, the way of an eagle, the way of a snake, the way of a ship, the way of a maiden. And the fifth, I would suggest, the way of your life lived to the glory of God. The way of your life lived to the glory of God. So let me ask you, how wonderful is your life? Wait, wait, I'm not asking how much money you got in the bank. How fat is your 401k? How much do you have in your IRA? I'm not asking how easy is your life? Any death in your life recently? How comfortable is your life? I'm not asking you that. I'm not asking how happy are your circumstances. Did your neighbor take your trash out for you this week? I'm not asking that. But do you pause and look at the world around you? And do you praise the God who made that world? There you go. Are you living the life God created you to live? There. Are you living the life God created you to live? Are your work and your play and your family relationships, is everything beautiful? So that people who pass by you in life stop, look, listen, and they wonder, and they, wow, they are really living their life. And I think I see Jesus. I think I see Jesus. I think I see Jesus. Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew 5? He said, let your light shine in such a way that other people see your good works and do what? Give glorified God who is in heaven. That's it. That's it. There it is. So, may you and I be people where when others watch us, they conclude, this is a wonderful world. And their God is a wonderful God. And his ways are wonderful. That's what we want people to see. And that's what I want to invite you to pray today. And to thank God that he's a wonderful God. And thank God that his ways are wonderful. And to thank God for this wonderful place he's put you in. There you go. Would you pray with me? And then we're going to sing a little chorus after. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to see things we've overlooked. There it is. To see you at work in our lives, in your good purpose. Thank you for this world you've given us and for the promise of your presence. That you'll never leave us or forsake us. And thank you, Lord, that when this world disappoints us, because it has and it will, that we have a world to look forward to, more wonderful, that awaits us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And would you stand with me as we close in prayer, as we close with our song and the chorus. He is Lord, Lord. He is risen from the dead. He is Lord. Every knee shall you. And do we have any announcements? God bless you. You're dismissed. Make sure you take note of all the activities coming up this week and next Sunday in your bulletin. Have a great week.